0: We think of that name, Emmanuel, God with us. That's more than just something that we experience on Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us is forever. And Lord, that gives us hope. That gives us expectation. And this morning, God, as you will speak to us and you will open, we will open our eyes to your word. You're going to open our hearts, God. Lord, we just rejoice in that fact that you are with us, God, that we can celebrate you. And God, this morning, let us just impart, well, let you impart to us, God, the joy. Lord, as we look into your word, impart to us the light that we need to see, that you wanna reveal to us something special. And God, no matter where we're at, I know there's people here that are hurting. Hurting for loved ones, physically. They're emotionally bruised. And God, we know we can look to you for that hope. Look for you. Look to you for that expectation. So Lord, we ask your covering over this building, over our hearts, over our minds. Lord, that you would just protect the little ones as they're listening and learning about you. Our youth. And God, this morning as we open it up, God, we just ask for your protection, your guidance. We thank you for that in advance. In Jesus' name, the church said, Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. You heard the big thud because this table is a lot heavier than our old table. But it goes really good with what we're talking in our Christmas time here, you know, as we see the decorations about us and it's a lot of fun, you know, because we're talking about Christmas decor. And a lot of times, you know, we can go out there into the world and we can see our homes. We can see the fun things that we have. But uh, a lot of times, we're, we're not really, um, you know, expressing or um, illuminating the words behind us. You see, there's four words. You're wondering, where's joy in all this? Actually, that's over in the cafe because that's our Christmas word we're going to be talking about on Christmas morning. But you'll notice that these words, they're faith, hope, love you know and and peace and, and we think about these things and a lot of times they are not adorning our hearts cuz we're out there and we're worried we have doubt we have distraction we we feel hopeless And I think of what what Jesus said in in Luke chapter 6, in verse 45, it says, The good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good. The evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. For the mouth speaks that which fills his heart. So often, you know, we're not speaking with a joyful attitude. We're not speaking with a, a loving attitude. We, th- that there's other things that are creeping in. And we as Christians, we have to understand that these things should be about who we are. These words. Today, we're going to be talking about hope. And a lot of us are lacking that hope today because maybe, you know, there, there, there's hurt in your family. Maybe there's hurt in your relationship. Maybe you're physically out there and you're just like, I don't feel it anymore. And so this other word creeps in, doubt. And doubt starts ruling our lives. We look at the word of God and we start doubting what God says here. And church, we have to ask ourselves, what is decorating our heart? Is it doubt or is there hope? See, Christians are to be people of hope because the world actually has no hope. You know what the hope is for the world? It's like going to Vegas and you're playing craps and you're shooting the dice going, maybe. But Christian hope is something totally different. It is expectancy. See, we know we should and we know it's going to. That's hope. That's not faith. That's not just a happenstance of maybe the next thing. No, it's a reality. We are just waiting for it. We are expecting it. That's why we need to be people that are we need to be people that are being a person of hope. That's what we need to be. We got to be that person. The world needs us. The world needs you and what you have. So often we forget it. Let me remind you of something. I'm going to go to Galatians chapter 5. And this is Paul writing. And he says this in verse 5. He says, For we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. Now, what's he talking about there, that hope of righteousness? He's talking about the expectancy of what God's going to do at the end. He's gonna reveal himself and we will have that righteousness too, but we're righteous now. You know why? Because he starts off, he sees this, we, for we through what? The Spirit. See, how do you have hope? How do you have this hope? Now, church, understand, when you accepted Jesus as your Savior, when you realized you were a sinner, when you realized that you were destined for hell, when you realized you didn't want that, you needed Jesus, you asked him to save you, and he gave you himself, the Spirit. And so the Spirit is now in you. And that Holy Spirit, as he is living in you, he now ignites this expectancy, this hope within you. See, that's where you go, oh, I can't wait. I look forward to glory. I look forward to those days. I want more Jesus. I know he's gonna fulfill what I need. But sadly, many of us actually don't believe that, or we don't want it right now. Remember I was a teenager? You know, oh yeah, I want to go to heaven, but not yet. You know, I don't want that now. Or maybe you're just going, yeah, but you know, I don't know. And you you have this doubt that creeps in. Paul, he writes again in Romans, the epistle of Romans. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 23, he says this. And not only this, but also we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit even we ourselves grown within ourselves waiting eagerly for the adoption of the, as sons, the redemption of our bodies. So right there, Paul is saying we have this in us that we're going, oh, I can't wait. Oh, I need that. But many of us aren't feeling that. You know, We're not feeling the hope. But that's what he says. He goes, we have this spirit within us. Now he wants it. And you might go, well, I kind of feel that somewhat a little bit, but the Spirit of God is a part of you and wants it. Look at verse 24 now, and it says, For in hope we have been saved, but hope that has seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? Now, understand this. Has I, have I seen heaven? No. I don't know what the pearly gates look like. I don't know what the streets of gold, I don't know, I can fathom, I can think about it, but the reality is, is I just go, I hope, I expect. That's what we're saying here. And Christian, that, that is the spirit that imparts that hope in you. And you may not be feeling it, but he goes on to say this, he says, but if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly. That's an expectancy. We wait eagerly. That's why we persevere in the faith. Yeah, many, many of us, we don't, we don't persevere because, you know, we don't have that hope. That word seems good, but we're just still acting like it's a gamble, or maybe it's like, I don't know, or maybe, you know, I'm not buying the whole thing here, Tom. You know, I've read this, I actually read it cover to cover, and this is really uncomfortable. Did you know that this is an uncomfortable document, Tom? It is. I mean, it's not user-friendly in a culture that we have today. Did you know what? The word of God wasn't user-friendly back in the day of Corinth. You know, people were sleeping with other people's moms and dads. That was a great time, right? They were living much like people live today. And the church was going, you know, this is not comfortable. So I'm not going to buy into this all that much. And they start doubting, that passage isn't for us today. That's been going on for the last centuries, you know? that's not for us today that's old school that's antiquated thought we are much more you know tolerant society now and the bible and so they start going you know I, i start to doubt and that creeps in and that robs you of your hope martin luther said back in the day he said this you cannot keep birds from flying over your head but you can't keep them from building a nest in your hair think of it church you you know what happens with us is we, we do is we hear the noises of the culture we hear the talking heads on tv we hear it from our friends we see it everywhere online and you know what we start letting the words that they are saying that go against god's word start to build a nest in your hair we start letting those things creep in and doubt starts to occur but you don't have to let that happen You don't have to let doubt come in. That's not what hope is. See, the Christian hope is within you. The Christian hope is already placed in your heart. You have the Holy Spirit, but the thing is, is what's competing is your old nature. You're becoming just like what you used to be. You're letting that that falseness creep in, the I don't think so, I don't think it can happen, maybe not, I don't know. We start letting it happen. And I think of doubting Thomas one of the uh, apostles of, of, of Christ his disciple and he was one of the 12 and and what happened was you know Christ had been you know crucified and then Jesus came in the and there were 10 disciples in the upper room and they were were sitting there and Jesus appeared to them but Thomas he wasn't there and so we see what happens here and i want to read it to you out of out of john in the gospel of john and we see that in verse 24 it says but thomas was one of the 12 called didymus was not with them when jesus came and the other disciples were saying to him we have seen the lord and he said to them unless i see his hands the imprint of the nails and put my finger in the place of the nails and put my hand in his side i will not believe see thomas he's sitting there and he's he's going there's no way uh-uh see we don't know the circumstances where thomas was we can hypothesize we can think well maybe he was depressed he wasn't around maybe he was still in hiding Maybe he was afraid for his life. Maybe he was distraught because his God was dead. Everything he put his hopes in. We don't know why, but he made a choice. His circumstances, his situation came in. And he says, not on your life. Am I going to believe that? No way. That's crazy talk. It doesn't fit with me. Then we have Mary the mother of Jesus. Think about Mary. Here is a a young woman, and she has an experience quite different. But what happened with her, and we see this in Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, in verse 26 of chapter one, it says this, now on the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David and the virgin's name was Mary and coming in he said to her greetings favored one the Lord is with you but she was perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was now I, I, before we go any further do you do you notice that she's not like freaking out over the angel She's going, she's pondering and she's perplexed at the statement of Gabriel. I mean, she's just like, what? What What kind of salutation is this? Well, what kind of young person was Mary? We know that she was a young woman between the ages of 12 and 14. She was betrothed, we could just read there. But think about her lifestyle. Favored. She was engaged to be married at a young age. What was expected of her was to bear a lot of children, work hard, and die. That was her life. She was probably uneducated, couldn't read. She picked up maybe a little Bible from the synagogue. She didn't have much prospects in her life. They they say that she probably would have traveled maybe three to four miles away from her town, but that would be about it. Not very favored. And she was from Nazareth the Old Testament doesn't even mention the, the, the city of Nazareth. The uh, Jewish historian Josephus doesn't even mention the city of Nazareth. Nazareth was, was a, 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 a nowhere town. It was between the port cities of Sidon and Tyre. And it was filled with Roman soldiers and Gentiles. So we know it was a pagan place, prostitution, nasty, pagan worship. That's why Nathanael, as he sat under the tree and Philip came to him and he says, you've got to meet this man in the gospel of John. He says, you've got to meet this man, Jesus from Nazareth. And what did Nathanael say? He said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? The reality is, is Nazareth was not a place for somebody that was in Mary's situation, favored. And she sat there and going, really? What does this mean to me? And she looked at him and look at his response in verse 30. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his, him Jesus and he will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the, God, and, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? She's going, what? Are you serious? I'm from Nazareth. You're saying all this grand thing, but how can this be? See, in the human way of thinking at things, God things seem impossible. When you start thinking with your human intellect, like Thomas, no way. no way can, can Jesus be alive. And I, he's dead. Mary going, are you kidding? I'm a virgin. This has never happened before. She was perplexed. See, man sees things with our own intellect. And Christians, so often you let doubt creep in because you are reasoning with your own intellect. You are looking at it with the old self. That's why I share this verse so often. It's a good reminder because we keep slipping back into our old way of thinking and hope is depleted. Hope is robbed because our doubt is creeping in because it's still a part of us. In 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians Chapter 2, it says, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive the truths of God's spirit. It sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it, for those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. You see, those who aren't saved don't get it. Those who don't have the Holy Spirit in them, giving us that spirit of hope, that expectation, they don't understand it. We can, but our problem is we keep slipping back we keep slipping back and acting like a non believer. Because non believers, let's just face it, they don't really have hope at all. They're just like, maybe. Can you imagine going through life on a big maybe? Now, Christian, you have sealed the deal. But the non believer, they haven't. See, the unbeliever will always be controlled by doubt. They wonder, I wonder, I wonder. The Christian, has a has a new thing, expectation. Expectation of promise of what God will do. I wanna I want go all the way back. I'm gonna to go to Psalm chapter one. Now, this is the first verse of Psalms. Listen to this one, listen to this. it says, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit at the seat of scoffers. Let's just stop there, okay? We look at this, and and I was thinking, you know, how, is there, are there any other products of the public high school other than me? Okay, anybody went to high school out there? Okay, high school, public high school, you gotta love it, right? And I, you know, and I, and I think, and I look at this verse, and I, I go to the public high school, and I remember, the, and I sat at the seat of scoffers. I was in my junior year, my AP English class. And the teacher didn't buy this at all. She, she poked fun at Christians. Think of that. I sat at her feet. I sat in the seat of a scoffer who who was mocking the Lord. How many of us have done that? We turn it on daily. We we watch how they mock an ethical lifestyle, of a moral lifestyle, and we sit at their feet, and we see it here, and we, we, what? When we walk in the counsel of the wicked. I mean, we, we let the wicked pour into us. Think of that. What's the remedy? Because that's the culture. I'm saying, hey, if you don't have to send your kid to a, to a, a public high school, that's great. Why? Because you know what? You don't want somebody that's a wicked person because if they're not a Jesus follower, that's right, we talked about that a few weeks ago. They, they're on the other side. So if you, if you can ensure, I mean, but you gotta even watch your, co- your Christian colleges these days. Even my alma mater, it's pretty liberal. It's, it's a sad thing. And so you gotta watch this, but look at the remedy, verse two. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And his law, he meditates day and night. You see, church, where, where do we do? Is, here it is, is you can either sit there and let the birds nest in your hair, or you can counteract it with the law of the Lord. Because that's where we found hope. That's where hope lives. That's where hope resides that's where you actually find it you're not going to find it in a thing in a stocking man i can hope i'm going to get something this christmas you know i want something really shiny in my stocking and then it it opens a door you know looking forward to that ain't going to happen but i can hope the reality is is we have to understand that there is something more Something more than your human intellect. Listen to this. To Thomas, his mind was the highest authority. His mind. Isn't that so much like the culture? If I can't grasp it, it's not true. And that's where we live so often as Christians. We look at this and we think what God is asking of us is impossible. God says, I can live a righteous life. That's crazy talk. God says I can I can you know live morally in a world that's like mine God says that I can I can follow him and and have joy in the midst of heartache that's just crazy talk see church we've got to understand a few things and the first one if you want to write it down is God can do God things beyond my capacity God can do things beyond my capacity see God is in you. He's given you his spirit. And he can do things beyond what you think you can do. And he can do them through you. He can achieve those things beyond what you think. You can live righteously. You can live morally. You can follow. Yeah, what, the beatitudes? Oh, yes, you can. You can do that. People go, no, 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 that's for later. No, no, it's now. You can live morally expectantly live in hope and not doubt church because you have a god who loves you so much he gave his only begotten son know why so you could live righteously and live for him see that's hope are you expecting that are you going no 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 i can't do that i mean look look at mary Let's go back there. Let's look here in verse 35 because she's going, how can this be? And then look at verse 35 as she says, and the angel answered and he said to her, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you and for this reason, the Holy Child will be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son in her old age and she who is called was called barren is now in her sixth month for nothing will be impossible with god now we read that i know we get all goosebumpy. bumpy to think about this you just go yeah that's crazy you know mary nothing's impossible she could be a virgin and have a kid okay that's crazy but then there's me you know what there's me you know i didn't have any revelation yeah you did see who is the, the angel gabriel was he speaking from his own words no he was speaking a message from god to her he was delivering god's message to her christian where else has god delivered a message he's delivered one to you and you're going well you know it's different she had she had you know the angel you have the holy spirit and he's given you his message. And it's something, it's not just a one-time deal. It's a message you can always return to. He's given you this joy. And church, we can, we can either elevate our status to be like God, like, like Thomas did. He said, no, 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 I'm not going to buy it. We can do that and say, I'm not going to grab hold of that. So often we think we want ourselves to be God's authority. Going, I'm not buying. You know, this is this is God's revelation to me of how I'm to live and how that I can do it. Yeah, but that's just crazy. Because you know, have you read some of this stuff? It's pretty antiquated. It's pretty, you know, you know, passe. You know, it was really like 1800s. It would have been really good if I lived back then. You know. You know no, no, no. This is for us today. See, church, we have to understand. See, we want our intellect to be right rather than trust God completely. See, that's human nature. Human intellect wants to surpass God. See, they, we say, we say, you know what, this is so silly. The word of God, the word God has spoken to me, that's just not so. No, 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 because you know why? The word, that doesn't make sense. People are going to be offended by it, and you know what? It seems silly, and God's going to go, I know, it's my word. The the world thinks it's foolish, but it's mine. Yeah, but God, this doesn't make any sense. I know, but that's why I gave you the Spirit, because you know in your heart it's truth. Uh, Yeah, God, but do I really have, oh yeah, it's crazy, I know, but that's why I called you. You're a crazy person. (laughs) The thing is, church, you can do it. God wants you to follow his word we, we're, we're to believe this there's, there's, there's no picking and choosing of this you know we here we are here in the administration the dispensation of grace and yeah there are some things that aren't for us in this as we read in the old testament there are promises to Israel that aren't necessarily for us but when we get into the epistles that's where, that's that's it when we read the gospel and Jesus saying you can live like this and then he's given us his spirit to do it, you can. You know, I, I went and I was listening to another pastor this last week and, and I was just amazed, it saddened me. Because the person would, would, would pick and choose and, and offer no hope in Jesus and would say things that, that was, was terrible doctrine all because it was palatable. Yet God isn't concerned about being palatable. He's, he's concerned about souls. He wants us to exhibit what the wor- world doesn't have, which is hope, that expectancy. Yet we would rather doubt And we gotta remind ourselves that this word is complete and it is for us. I think of 2 Timothy chapter three and and verse 16, it says, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, correction, for training in righteousness. See, we're we're, we're in a training zone here. We're to be growing in this. And it's not necessarily, you know, uh, user-friendly like I said. But boy, you know you can you know you can live according to the scripture because you have been given God. You know, we say, Emmanuel, God with us, he is with you. You don't have to let the, the, the birds make a nest in your hair. You can say, yeah, you're, you're coming at me. CNN, Fox News, social media, you're coming at me. You know what? But I know truth. And church, that's what we have to grab a hold of. See, church, we need to know God's promises and word. Know it. I, t- I mentioned this last week, but this is how we get involved because this is where hope is. Hope is involved in this promise, in this word, because our promises are given to us. And so often we, we kind of deny it. We, we're weak in that. We don't, we, don't, we don't get involved in it. And let's remind ourselves, doubt comes because we are ignorant of God's revelations. You, you, you just don't know it You know that can't be for me Yeah it is Well what about this verse Well you can't take it out of context Let's read the whole thing You, you know you, you're wondering you gotta, you gotta get involved in it See how can you have hope When you don't know what to place your hope in How can you have hope See you're going I, I don't know You know is God gonna heal me I don't know But I know that there is this thing called the perseverance of the saints. And we persevere and the Spirit of God gives us that expectation of my God will be there for me, will comfort me even when I am hurt. Will he heal you? Maybe, maybe not. Will will he do a wonderful work in your life? Maybe. But we know what the work is, is him become, become the light in your life. You may not be another Billy Graham or Mother Teresa or whatever. But the thing is, is God wants to use you for his glory. And that's what you should expect and hope for. To be part of his great tapestry so no matter what happens to you, you're in it to win it. And you're there with God. And we can enjoy that most wholeheartedly. And so we we say, okay God, this is where I want to go. This is what I want to be. I'm going to hope in you. I think of Thomas... He was part of the 12 and for three years he sat under Jesus. Do you know how many times Jesus t- told them that hey, I'm not gonna be here? I'm gonna leave. You know, I'm, they're gonna kill me. They didn't necessarily understand it but Thomas, he didn't know. He didn't grab hold of what the, the teachings were and he decided not to believe. He decided right in the midst of the, of the other 10, uh-uh. He decided against it and then we have this, then we have Mary. She. What did she do? Well, she was perplexed. She asked questions. But she responded differently. She responded in in an amazing way. The conclusion here is, is it was simple. See, we don't quite understand God's ways. We don't quite grasp it, do we? We say, how can this be? Matthew, or excuse me, I'm gonna go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter six. It says, this is, this is the, the author of Hebrews, I, I believe it's Paul. He was talking about how we have the same promises of Abraham from God. And he says this, and says, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. So he's saying, God can't lie. God can't lie. Now, doubt can put lies in your mind, but God can't lie, and we see this. We have been have taken refuge and would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. He's saying, you've got hope before you, grab it. I encourage you to do it. Live for it. And so we take that refuge, and then it goes on in verse 19. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul a hope both sure and steadfast and one that enters within the veil the holy place see the hope is hey you know what my god is gonna be there for me i have a destination but that hope what is it it's the spirit of god as we read in in what in Galatians 5, five, the Spirit has entered you. You have this hope. You stay steadfast in it. You keep your feet strong. And that's why we get into this, the word of God. See, church, when we only believe what is reasonable, we have actually become practicing atheists. When you say, you know, God, I can't, You're calling God a liar And you're saying No wait, no God You're a practicing atheist No God, that's impossible for me No, 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 you can That doesn't make any sense Yes, you you can do that You can live in in a world That is counter to this world You can live God's way Especially in this season of materialism and people being lost over the selfishness. You can live with expectancy. You can live with hope. You can live with kindness and grace that is not self-seeking. Oh, that's a crazy thought. Because isn't it true that whenever somebody gives something, that there's something a little conniving underneath it? And you might hear it from a non-believer, that's not true. I do it out of grace. They're doing it to gain points with something or someone. See, church, we do it for God reasons. Look what it says. My thoughts are not like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. <laughs> I laugh because we look at this and we think, it's grand. You could imagine. Can you imagine living according to God's word and enjoying it? in that one area of your life, God thinks you can. And he's not a liar. And and he has given you that promise that's within you, that hope, that expectancy the Holy Spirit saying, yes, you can. It's gonna happen. God's ways are gonna happen if you want them to, but you're going, no, I can't. Yes, he can. Church, so often we miss it. So how do we do it? Here we are. Submit to the Lord's Lordship. And his position as God It's a daily exercise Because those birds Desperately want to make a nest In your, your hair They desperately want to call Your brain home All those doubts That people are throwing at you And it's so easy to grab hold of And I know we don't like this, this to, to, to submit To let God call the shots You actually mean to follow this Antiquated book? Yeah because I tell you, there's no more joy in that. You're living with expectancy going, what will God do? I know he's going to do something with this. What will God do? That is the reality we live in. Look at, look at Thomas. Let's go back to Matt, or John and, and look at his response. In verse 27 or 26, it says this. After eight days, his disciples were again inside and thomas was with them and jesus came the doors were having been shut stood there in their midst and said peace be with you and then he said to thomas reach here with your finger and see my hands and reach here with your hand and put it into my side do not be unbelieving but believe yes, you you could say, well, Jesus, he was standing in front of him, I believe. Jesus' spirit is within you. Jesus' spirit is within you, always. We should respond as Thomas responded. And he answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. That is, is our response that is where we need to be my lord and my god that is submission that is surrender he's saying you're the one that calls the shots you're my god not my intellect I don't understand it but it's you that is where we need to understand and be see church when we doubt we must repent and submit to his lordship and position as god that's it. Cuz we got to say, you know what? Doubt, doubting God as being truthful is a sin. Because he's not a liar. We just read it. So we say, "Okay, God, you are God." And I think of Mary and her response. A different situation, totally different experience. But she had the word of God given to her and she responded And Mary said, Behold, the bondservant of the Lord. May it be done according to your word. And the angel departed her. See, your word, that's God's word. Church, we can pray that prayer too. A bondservant, someone in total submission, not in charge. She said, Let it be done according to your word. And I tell you this, church, you need to do this too. My Lord, my God, let it be according to your word, the word that has imparted to you. And you do that, you have hope. You have that expectancy which the world does not have. That's submission. That's the Christian experience. Because why? You've already sealed the deal. You have something wonderful to look forward to and the expectancy of living like none other other than a believer in Jesus. So, as she said, Behold the bondservant of the Lord. May it be done according to your word. Is that what your prayer is? Do you dare pray that and say, yes, God? Do you dare pray like Thomas as he prayed and exalted God, my Lord and my God? That's a heart. Go, I didn't have those experiences. You have the love and the spirit of God within you now. And he will never leave you or forsake you. You experience him constantly and you know that hope is there for you. Will you submit and say, yes, God, for you, all things are possible. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much. For your word. Thank you for experiences of people in your word. We thank you for Thomas. We thank you for for your mother, Mary Jesus. We thank you. But God, we thank you for the sacrifice of coming to this earth, living amongst your creation, living a sinless life, and then letting your creation, your created ones, crucify you. And you died. But Lord, by your spirit, you were raised. And you live today, and now you abide in the believer. God, I pray that we would trust you in this endeavor of life. That we would set our hope on you. And God, I pray for that person here that has never asked you to be their Savior. I pray that they would say, Jesus, please save me. Please come into me. Give me hope. If that's your prayer, he'll do that. God, you know what we stand up against in this world. We have a lot of different voices speaking into us. Guard our hearts, Lord, as we go. Guard our minds as we go. Guard our bodies as we go. Let us grab hold of your truth and meditate on it day and night so that we do not sit at the seat of scoffers, but we sit in your presence, O oh God. We enjoy you. We ask this. It's a tall order, but Lord, you want us to pray that way. And you can. And we hopefully and expectantly look forward to that. In Jesus' name, amen.